good evening, good morning, everyone. Welcome to Radio Evolve. I have here with me Diane Hamilton. And the reason why we are having this conversation is a very unusual one. It's that a very dear friend of us uh, passed away, uh, Terry Patton, who was a friend for many years, a spiritual teacher, a philosopher, integral activist. And he lived a very extraordinary life. And the way how he also made this transition uh, had an impact on many people and also on me and Diane, who was very close with him for many years and also in his last days. Um, Diane, um, thank you for uh, being willing to have this conversation about Terry. Uh, Terry was someone who had a very strong influence on my life, also on my spiritual life. And I know that the two of you, we are friends for a long time. Uh, would you want to start and just say a little bit about your relationship with Terry, who he was, what he stood for, mm -hmm. what his life was about? There's so much to talk about, Terry. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, Thomas, thank you for for inviting me to, to dialogue with you. Our, our, our shared intention is to really honor his memory and to really affirm his legacy and hopefully, you know, inspire people to, to, to really go, go more deeply even into his work. As you mentioned, the new Republic of the heart and to uh, find ways for us to continue to participate in the things that matter to him. So I'm really happy to be here. I feel tender, of course, because as you said, I was very close to Terry. Um, we met in 2004 at uh, the Integral Institute at the original seminars that Ken invited us to. Um, we were introduced by Jeff Salzman and we're part of the, the teaching team. And I think it was, it was always, a, Terry and I sat across from each other at the first dinner. There were probably a dozen or 15 people at this first dinner and he and I sat across from one another and just we, the memory I have is just how exuberant we felt and excited for this new possibility of working with Ken and working with these integral ideas and we just it, you know a lot of times at a dinner party or a gathering like that um, you might have the experience of you know being not as compelled in conversation and with Terry it was just from the minute I met him, you know, we talked absolutely nonstop that night. And I think we've, we've talked nonstop ever since. So it, it, it's been a really durable friendship. Uh, Terry is a man who was absolutely full of life and brought himself forward in every dimension, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, physically. He was full on. I used to tease him and, and say that my nickname for him was every inch alive <laughs> because he was. And, uh, there's so much to explore together, but that's, that's how we met in that context. The way I met Terry was also in, in a very particular way. And it, it was part of what our friendship was about because it was uh, the beginning of the end of uh, my time in the Enlightened Next community. And there was this transition when the light enlightened next community fell apart and our relationship to our teacher fell apart, or where I had a lot of conversation with him. And he was a very dear friend in the time because he had a similar experience with his own teacher. Mm 
Adidara. Yeah. And mm -hmm. uh, in that sense, we, we talked a lot about our respect, but also our difficulties. Mm -hmm. And they very much honored him that he was very direct about uh, his difficulties with his own teacher, but also in the way how, in spite of everything, uh, he held him very dear to, to his heart. And this was true, I think, until the very end. So he, he was able to hold his ambivalences, to be really also critical and, and, and say this, some things are crazy, but also honoring deep relationship to his spiritual teacher that um, you only are aware of when you have this kind of relationship to a, a human being. And we had a lot of conversations that helped me a lot also in, the, in, in these difficult times. And of course, he was um, an integral practitioner who um, at that time when I came back to Germany, he, like yourself, you, you also came here to this young integral community. And uh, he at that time developed uh, uh, the integral life practice as a, as a new form of spiritual practice that got different forms right now, but he co-writing this book together with, with Ken, was a real pioneer of a new way how we can experiment with spiritual practice in a way that is post-traditional, but also honoring traditional. And uh, what touched me deeply was his relationship at that time, which I, I found at that time very courageous because it was just something you don't, don't necessarily do, his relationship to prayer. Okay, yeah. Uh, I remember one uh, seminar that he did, in fact, here in Frankfurt, where I am right now, uh, where he asked us, a group of 30 people, I don't know exactly what it was, to kind of experiment with prayer. And that's not something necessarily you do in, an, in, in a postmodern uh, or metamodern uh, spiritual practice. Right. Uh, and he was just very courageous and also forthcoming with his own relationship in his words with the second face of God uh, that uh, made a big impact on me uh, when uh, I also went across this threshold and experimented with that and also rediscovered something that I, I had buried in myself a little bit before. Well, he, he, you know, he was quite an integralist spiritually in the sense that uh, Terry was, you know, by his ethnicity, uh, Jewish, at least partially. He was raised in a Christian intentional community in which social justice was their primary value. He practiced in a, in a Hindu tradition or a yogic tradition. And then he, you know, so a lot of his practices on a daily basis were yogic style practices. And then, as you mentioned, you know, he kept the relationship to prayer very alive and so he was and and he was deeply interested in in science and social political theory so he had this third person perspective that was tremendously well developed so whether it was the first person of bliss or the second person of love or the third person of awe I mean Terry was extremely fluid in all those domains he was the consummate integralist and he moved with ease um, between those particular identities and strengths and uh it was part of what made him so remarkable is that his mind was just utterly fluid 
extremely fluid and nuanced. He was really a brilliant man. I mean, it was his, he, he was very, he was just a, a, a thinker. He really was deeply into integral thinker, in, in integral thinking. And at the same time, he more than with others experience, I experienced with him also the practitioner. And yeah, absolutely. Uh, maybe that's also the reason why he, he, he co-wrote this book, Integral Life Practice. And many conversations that I had with him were also how, how to do this, how to live a spiritual life in these times. And where, I mean, there are so many kind of uh, spiritual practice, new age practice, uh, kind of practice that are just more mundane. Uh, but he had, um, he, he had a curiosity to really find new ways, how can we do this today? Yeah. And um, also because of his past with uh, Adida, who was a, let's say, whatever, a very serious uh, spiritual teacher. And it oh, was not just something sure. where you lightheartedly, yeah, I do some yoga practice or I do some Zen meditations. Uh, uh, there's something where you really put your life behind or better said you put your life on the line with this okay. and uh, that is something i really appreciated uh, that he always transmitted that mm -hmm. uh, he that he took a lot of risk in his life until the very end by the way and that's part of what made him uh, someone who touched a lot of hearts yes absolutely and that and putting his life on the line you know in that in the context in which you're talking about, both of you committed yourselves to, to a spiritual guide. You know, you committed yourself to the community. You participated in that level of intensity and intimacy. For, for him, it was 15 years. And, you know, and basically submitted to um, the, you know, the protocols and the rigor and the expectations of being in that practice. So I think that point that you make about how much he really brought himself to the practice and to the inquiry. And the other thing that I observed in Terry over the years is he really just continuously availed himself to the community, meaning that he was willing to travel. He came mm -hmm. to the opening of my Zen temple in Southern Utah. He and I did a vision quest together in Southern Utah for nine days. He visited people in, many different parts of the world that had integral uh, communities and practices going on. And he just, I bet he was the most, I bet he had the more touch points than about anybody in the entire community in terms of just the number of other communities he visited or, or shared with. He was really very generous in that way. It's interesting. I didn't think about that in, in the way you're telling the story. I'm just aware what an impact he had he, here in Germany. Because what you are just telling that he had this uh, touch points everywhere. He definitely had these touch points here. I, I really think that from the American integral community, uh, there's hardly one who visited more often here and came to different events, did his own seminars, came to our conferences yeah. and uh, stayed with us. Yeah. We went hiking here and uh, we, we, we had a, a, a lot of... Uh, a very in-depth conversations about life, the meaning of life, uh, the meaning of spiritual life in this time. And I know that he had this with uh, several people 
here in the German spilled community that I am aware, aware of. And it, it was a, a kind of a strange moment because when I heard about his passing, we had we had a, 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 a half private um, seminar here mm. in in Frankfurt with uh, some people who know him for for many years, and he had this immediate impact uh, when when we heard about this yeah. because everyone just knew him for so many years and in in very different ways, and it was very obvious that he was part of us. Mm-hmm. He Absolutely. was part. He was part of family, and he was one of the elders of the family. Absolutely, and he and like like a, you know, he also net networked us to each other. So he went to Germany and spent time with you, and then when I would see him here in the states, he'd let me know how everyone was doing, or he'd give me deeper insight into the process, or he'd uh, tell me that he'd just returned from somebody's seminar and they'd kind of been inquiring into this. And I mean, he was really um, very powerfully connected and, and helping the rest of us connect to each other. Mm-hmm. There's also something about Terry and uh, the way uh, he was able to uh, be with his own passing speaks for that. Okay. But somehow, in my experience, that started uh, much earlier, I was aware of his fragility Mm-hmm. Yeah. As, a, as a person because yeah. there are there are people that you love and you have a deep relationship with but there's something where uh, it's mainly a solidity that you're experiencing with, with with terry it was always there was another side that he did not hide there was right. a there was a fragility in his humanness and there was also his own suffering in in that that uh in a way that um, it, it was not pulling you down. It was just uh, uh, very much not avoiding this part of our human experience that you could talk with him, that you could share with him. And one of the specific qualities of my relationship with Terry was also that this was part of our conversation and could be part of our, our conversation and that he was able and willing to, to share his own dying process in this way I find uh, was part of already in retrospect uh, part of the way he was living that the, our, our fragility our, our vulnerability in our humanness I also want to talk more about his interest in, in the fragility of our society and our civilization because that was a big part of his work too but that was part of how he touched me and how I think he came across to many people. Yeah, it reminds me of a, a memory that I have. There was a period of time where Terry was suffering from a, a, a rather extreme inner ear disturbance. I don't know if you happen to know during that time. Yeah, I did. Uh, he, yeah, and he and I went for a, a hike together when I was in the Bay Area at one point. And and that disturbance, you know, got provoked for some reason, and he got extremely dizzy. And he, it was so remarkable, just exactly as you were saying, the way in which he kind of submitted to it, you know, to the point that at a certain point, he had to lie down. And uh, so I just sat with him, probably for an hour, maybe an hour and 15 minutes while the dizziness 
while he coped with the dizziness and then it subsided and we were able to return. But, but the, as you say, the, his willingness to be completely one with his own vulnerability in that moment to make it really clear that he needed my support, but it was utterly free of anxiety. It was so easy to offer support um, just by way of presence, really, because it wasn't much I could do except to be available, help him lie down, help him get up. But, and, and the point that you're making about just how fully as a part of his life, he just inhabited that. I understand that later he told me recently that that, that disturbance was healed by a spiritual uh, healer at some really? point. Yeah, he went to visit a spiritual healer and, and somehow that whole disturbance was resolved. I, I didn't know that. He just told me that recently. So, and then during his dying process, I mean, I, I think probably as time goes on, watching and being with Terry as he was dying is probably what will impress me the most about his life. Um, I mean, I saw he was, I was actually on the phone with him well, a couple of days before he'd gone for a hike, maybe some people have heard about this, but he'd gone for a hike with Roger Walsh and, and was really unable to get his breath. And Roger said to him, Roger, who's an MD, said to him, you know, you really need to get this checked out. You, a month ago, you had full capacity and that, that your lung capacity is so diminished is really concerning. And so Terry went in on his birthday, April 1st in the morning and was tested you know, had, had an MRI or something in his, on his lungs. And I was on a call with him at noon. And later that afternoon is when they diagnosed that he actually had lung cancer and the cancer was not specifically lung cancer, but it was a cancer that had metastasized from another part of his body. Mm -hmm. So it was a form of cancer and not nearly as easily treatable because it was further along and it was a more aggressive kind of cancer. So that diagnosis was really, really hard. But from the very beginning, his ability to be very straightforward about his condition, to engage Western medicine with the treatment options, to receive all the many suggestions he got about alternative treatment, to be deeply grounded in his spiritual realization, and to ebb and flow with both the physical and the emotional suffering of it was just remarkable. Just absolutely remarkable. We, I mean, one doesn't ever want to impose the idea that we have to die a so-called good death, but he did. I mean, he, it was just so touching. And he said two things that stuck with me that he repeated quite often. And the first was that he was committed to the preciousness of every moment and the other thing he said was that his guru had had instructed him that in dying to surrender fully to the intelligence of the heart i mean he did just recently uh, this online seminar and you you were part of it mm -hmm. and it had the title uh, brightening every darkness yes yeah yeah uh, and it, it has the subtitle about individual and co collective mortality. 
And we haven't mentioned yet how much Terry was also really pioneering spiritual holistic activism. Yes. He wrote this, uh, this book that basically became a, a, the later part of his life, The New Republic of the Heart, mm -hmm. where he really tried to combine his own spiritual depth with his real concern about where we are going with our civilization. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. And his capacity to use his own dying process to have an online course I know. that also uh, basically puts into our face our collective dying process as a civilization and as a planet, yeah. kind of depersonalize uh, the, the, the most gruesome personal perspective that you have in, in, in the time where you wait, basically you just know it's happening and you just don't know which day it will be. Yeah. But to bring this together is such an act of, uh, if I may say so, spiritual teaching, yeah. enacted spiritual teaching, because somehow you can't, you, you can't deal with uh, facing uh, our collective predicament with the uh, existential experience of personal death. And we usually don't do that. And maybe that's part of also the problem, how we deal with climate crisis, that it's just very difficult to let this in, that, that, that this just is... hit with the flooding that you guys were, have been hit with in this last yeah, year. Yeah, exactly. In the drought where I'm living. And, yeah. Uh, I mean, the, a lot on this planet is dying. Mm -hmm. And uh, we, we are in a, in a situation where... Um, in whatever dimension you, you want to address it, at, at least a civilization is dying and uh, a lot of nature is going down with us. Uh, the, the, the planet as such will survive, but a lot is dying in the process of this and many species are dying every, every day. And he seemed to be willing to use his own death as a form uh, of dealing with this. He did. Absolutely. Uh, I, I was tempted to say teaching, but that, that sounds a little too presumptuous. Uh, yeah, I would say right. he, offered, he offered his experience. Yeah, he did. He extremely generously. It was up to us to receive from it what we, what we could receive. And I think what I received from it was, first of all, the modeling of just the confidence in the process that, you know, death isn't the other thing. You know, death is this very life also, and that it's a transformative process. Terry was deeply grounded in the dimension of himself that's beyond coming and going and mm -hmm. filled with love. And he would use the word bliss. And it, in a certain way, it gave me more confidence in going through the collective process, you know, that that it's, it's also not other. It's completely... Um, just simply the other side of the abundance of life, you know, that our planet's been through six major events in which there was just mass extinction and life has reasserted itself every time because life and death, you know, are one thing. But Terry really embodied it. It's one thing to think about it in that way. It's another thing to really feel it and relax in that truth, you know? So that's a lot of what I took away from it was 
an opportunity to be less afraid of the changes we're going through. Because I'm, you know, I, I, I'm super freaked out. I mean, that American politics are highly volatile and unstable. We're experiencing intense culture wars in politics and education. It's just really unsavory and difficult to experience the stress of it. And as we're already saying, the climate crisis is alive and well in the states. In fact, I. I kind of dreamed that there was a new map of the United States and the whole Western half was now desert. And mm. the Eastern half is really green and deluged with water and rain. So there's flooding. And that seems to be the trend. So watching him use his personal passing as you, you might say a micro, micros, micro macro experience then I it kind of challenged me to trust more what we're going through not to be so afraid of change and also this this micro macro relationship that, that that you're touching on just to um in some way depersonalize your own process of dying and the other and let in personally our collective process of dying And uh, in the spirit of brightening this, because I heard from several people who were close to him in the, in the last months, how much it transformed their life. Absolutely, yeah. I, I just was recently in, in, in London with uh, Inja Adnan, who was also very close to him uh, at that time. And that was uh, yeah, just a couple of weeks ago. And she told me that this is one of, was one of the most life-transforming experiencing being with him. That was while he was alive still, just yeah. the way how he was able to do that. Yeah, he really was. And I heard it from other people. So, um, and I'm, I'm talking about this quite a bit with many people and just by being able to share a story like this, I know how he's affecting people's life And how, how this is also an example, which just, it, it, it takes me into a kind of, it puts me on the line for myself, how, how living your life really matters and, and makes a difference uh, oh, for, for other people and how being in a way, how, how he was brightening the darkest parts of reality, just by the power of spirit, Yes. is something that is political activism. Yeah, it is. It's, it's easy to say that. And it's easy to uh, kind of, uh, yeah, it's political activism. It's all true, but he, he, he proved something for me. Yes, he did. Uh, I, I absolutely agree with Thomas. I, I feel, I agree with his friend that you just mentioned. I feel really affected. And I feel challenged to actually inhabit more fully what Terry was able to inhabit. I mean, he was amazing he was really amazing he would he would come home from the hospital having just learned that the chemo isn't working and jeff and terry and i would hop on a phone call together and he would share that he just had come back from stanford and the doctors had, to had told him that in fact none of the chemotherapy was working hmm. and we'd we'd feel that for a moment And then we'd, then we'd start to talk about, you know, what was happening in politics or what was happening with integral friends or whatever. And the very next moment was just filled with life and filled with fullness. 
And he just did not miss a beat. It was really amazing. Really amazing. I'm so happy that you're, you know, you're affirming that because that was absolutely my experience of him. I, but there was one other person I knew that I felt that way about, someone that was a student of Bhagwan Rajneesh's. And I went to visit him once in Holland and he was absolutely radiant. He was in the last two weeks of his life and he got up and sat and had tea with me and, and beamed and then very quietly excused himself and went back to lie down. And Carrie's the only other person besides him that I've really had an experience of how profound his death, his dying process was. Because he was given pretty much no hope the whole time. And yet was filled with light. And in fact, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this dialogue with you about him. Mm-hmm. Just simply, I, I, I really want to spread the word. Mm-hmm. Uh, because not to, to, to make something out of Terry that he was not, uh, because yeah. he, he, was a, he, he was a human being. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, he, he was just one of us in, in that sense. But also in that sense that he is an example for me that spiritual practice matters. It totally matters, without a doubt. And he was so grateful for it. He was so grateful for what he'd received. I mean... So just just to to in the spirit of recognizing our humanness, one of the things that I loved about Terry was that Terry was very real. He was real with me. He expressed his doubts to me about who I was. He'd give me feedback. Occasionally he and I would have a fight. I remember we'd been down on this trip down into the desert for nine days. And during the course of that trip, he would periodically say to me we're with a very small group of people there are like six of us and we spent three days in the group and three days out in the desert by ourselves and then three days back in the group and he kept extolling me and other people to to go deeper to go deeper and and then we were driving home and it was just the two of us in the car we were talking away and he said something to me about going deeper and I I just turned I said oh for god's sakes Terry I don't even know what you mean now you know what do you mean by deeper deep shallow I just don't care you know, I could actually say that to him. And he just was like, oh, yeah, okay, whatever. You know, just we'd have these like back and forth, you know, quit bothering me about be- being deep. I've had enough, you know. And there he was, just totally present, never shamed, just willing to take the next step. And we had a lot of those funny back and forths over the years. You know, I felt I could, I could really trust him to tell me what he really thought. Mm-hmm. That, that I knew he cared for me even when he was being tough with me and I was with him you know we had that kind of vigorous back and forth I, I think he was that uh, with many people and the, uh, there was one of his qualities there was one thing I really want to touch on that because he in the integral community uh, one of the troubles I had with the integral community was uh, let's call it an avoidance of a political social reality. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the first um, where I felt something different is happening because things changed also in the integral community in the last uh, 10 years or so. But he was, he was one of the first that really put the point on that. Uh, I mean, he, he stood like hardly anyone else for integral but he, there is one weak point, at least one weak point, uh, uh, the n- not, not engaging with the social political realities of our planet. Mm-hmm. 
And he, he started to talk about it uh, before others talked about it. And he wrote this book, uh, The New Republic of the Heart, where he really kind of uh, put himself behind this uh, and really uh, uh, kind of also helped to change course for, for integral people uh, that this domain needs to be engaged, not just in a theoretical way, not just in, 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 in a spiritual, spiritual way, but we have to be part of society. We have to be part of our ecological crisis and we have to be part in this in a way that is able of um, um, collective uh, systems thinking. So we have to really be able to think big about it, but we have to be part of this also with our existential threat, mm -hmm. that this is something real and, and, and we, 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 are, we are part of a situation but we don't know what it really is about. There's a lot of things we, we can think about and it's important to really also have more integral ways how to think about it, but there's also a threat where we are thrown into it in an existential not knowing situation, which is threatening and we have to deal with it. Yeah, and he, he dealt with it as a person and, uh, and he wrote this book also because Elizabeth, uh, my partner, Elizabeth DeBold was uh, uh, partly helping him with the book and, and, and they talked a lot, a, a, a lot about this book and about the topic. So he, he kind of informed himself in, in a way, uh, putting himself out and then he created a whole community about it. And, there, and that's part of his work, I think, that I feel is only in the beginning because uh, this uh, new republic of the heart is something of a political engagement where I also feel younger people who are metamodern, integral or whatever, they are much deeper in this than the generation before. Mm -hmm. And he kind of also opened the path for that, that uh, we uh, have to be part of the political realities of, uh, of this world and we have to take part and we have to take side and we have to find Uh, integral, dialogical, uh, complex solutions for that, but uh, more than anything else, human solutions for all of that. Yes, that's right. That's right. Well, you know, he and I would discuss this quite a lot. And I think the point that you're, he was making and that you're trying to make is that to the extent that we regard the in, integral enterprise as, as, a, as personal development, We, mm -hmm. We're actually really short-circuiting how yeah. it needs to be and is by its very nature a four-quadrant affair. And what I, what I would say to, to Terry is that Terry was especially gifted at taking these, he was especially gifted at, at thinking big picture. He was naturally a very systemic thinker. And as you pointed out already, he was an activist in the political realm and the environmental realm. But what I also encouraged him to do was not to short not to um, underestimate the extent to which a lot of, certainly the people I know in the integral world, particularly as you're pointing out, the younger generations, how engaged they actually are. Now, they may not be so engaged in political campaigning. They may not be part of 350.org, but actually some of them are. I, I mean, probably in my own Sangha, I would say there are at least six if not seven out of about 50 very committed students who are literally involved in sustainability initiatives related mm -hmm. to climate, whether it's sea rise, whether it's recirculating energy, whether, whether it's um, 
Some of it is, you know, kind of grassroots community building type initiatives in Latin America, but the, the framing that allows us to see the coherence in our activity is really important and the willingness to recognize the work that people are doing. Where I agree is to the extent that we think of it as individual spiritual evolution or personal emotional development or involvement, it, it isn't that. It's actually four quadrants and in, in, in our conversations that needs to be affirmed. I completely agree. But I always wanted him to give a little more credit to the people I saw on the ground. Yeah, well, that makes sense. But you you put, just put in a way that uh, made me think about this in, in a way I haven't before, because in, in some way he was kind of pioneer of the personal the integral development with this integral oh. life program. Yeah. Yeah, he was. At some point, he stood for that because yeah, at least he here, everybody was reading the book Integral yeah. Life Practice. And this was all about personal development and yeah. uh, for the good. It, it, it really created something. Yeah, that's that, an important point. It's almost like the two books together yeah. are, are the whole picture. Yeah. New Republic of the Heart and Integral Life Practice. And I never saw it in this way that basically he, he, he made this step from one to the other or including both sides yeah. or basically really working on the personal development, but then really uh, putting the other book next to it that is so much beyond the personal development yeah. or not denying the necessity of it. Basically, it's every, everything is founded on that and his personal life to some degree is, is a proof of this how these both dimensions are one. Yeah. And Absolutely. that he made this transition, I, I never saw it this way, but it's exactly, he, he did one and then he added the other. And it's very important how both are needed. Yeah. Because you also can talk the story in the other way around how there's so many political activists who basically uh, desperately also need uh, uh, inner work. Yes. In order to be able to do what we need to do on a, on a collective scale. Yes, absolutely. And I, and I would say, Thomas, that the other, I think the other dimension of, of Terry's work that we might just want to presence, it came up for me uh, the night that Terry passed and I had a really, really good cry. I got a text from Roger Walsh and for some, I think he had died around 1.30 or something. And I got a text and it was two in the morning. It was really pretty close to the time he died. I woke up and read the text mm -hmm. and I had a really, really spontaneous, natural, relieving cry in the middle of the night. And I thought to myself, you know, there's so much I'll miss, but talking to Terry was an absolute pleasure. And I felt met, I felt heard, I felt seen, he gave me feedback. And I also just learned so much from talking to him. And when I think about that series that he did with Beyond Awakening, all those interviews with all those many people and to think that those are all still online and that anytime I miss talking to Terry, I can actually listen to one of those Beyond Awakening and, and I'm sure he was on your program. I mean, the fact that there are so many recordings of him in conversation is really comforting to me because I don't, I, I want to continue to listen to him and, and think in the way he thinks. It's not something that I want to say goodbye to quite so quickly, you know, so I'm happy about that. So also the recording of The New Republic, I listened to it on Audible. Which oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, just I was I was I was um, commuting to my retreat center in southern Utah during the summer, whatever year it came out. And rather than reading it, I listened to it on tape. So I heard it in his voice. I, I really feel him more present right now. Uh, because there's something also where the the way how he dealt with this last human steps are is is something that will never leave me and it, it also he he put the he put the line up very high how, how to do how how to do this so it, yeah. some, somehow if i may say so i feel challenged also by him yeah. uh, because I, 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 it's not easy to meet to meet that uh, what, what, what he did and uh, to see how important this is and how, how important just a, a life a lift in in this deep way how, how it really makes a difference that uh, uh, really gives me also hope for how we can develop a spiritual culture in this difficult time that's right. Because maybe and, also to... and in a certain way, continue the the integral project. You know, mm-hmm. Terry Terry never lost faith. He never mm-hmm. lost any faith in the integral project, and he always was committed and loyal to the people who were part of it. So our community is here. We just need to grow it and continue to deepen it. Yeah. Because there's there's also the other side that uh, uh, caught me also by surprise. And that really, I haven't really uh, thought it through yet, but I know, I know it's important um, that Terry was dying in community in a worldwide way. I mean, there were people having a, a prayer vigil online for him in the last days. There was something happening that uh, uh, also only technology makes possible, but which I've... Uh, is, I don't really understand this yet, but I know that something is happening. He opened something, or at least something became visible for me, let's put it that way, uh, of a new way of being together and living meaningful lives together and holding also each other in the depth that is beyond what the traditions did, because traditions did that. And in modernity, uh, in our individuation process, this became something that became very private and uh, uh, where, let's say, it, it became more difficult to, to hold this in a meaningful spiritual community in an open way. But I see new possibilities to live and die in meaningful friendship. Let's put it that way. Yeah. That um, really not only does something to me, because I, felt, I feel it very heartening, I feel this this has the potential to do something to society, to culture, that we can do that, that we can cultivate that. Where I feel, wow, we need more of this because it's, it gives so, so many people I'm talking to about this. I see how, how they are lightening up. Yeah. People who don't even know Terry, but I'm just telling the story as I know it, as I understand it. And I know it has an effect. It has a powerful effect because, uh, because it happened. It's possible, which means a spiritual life is possible with all the difficulties and all the kind of ups and downs and, uh, and impossible situations that are part of this. But it's possible, and we, we can do this together. And this, yeah. this means something also for, 
uh, our time, for our culture, and how we uh, create something deep connected to the sacred, however you want to call it, uh, in, in, in a secular time that we are living in. And I said, well, uh, there, are new, there are new openings that I haven't been aware of, and I'm grateful for that, that, I, that it's proven now that things are possible and we should work with this because it really it's important. Yeah, it's, it's fundamental. And I also, um, I also was really, really moved by the outpouring of support. I mean, Roger's care for him and getting him to the doctor. Uh, Deborah, his former wife, who just stepped up. And not only did she make sure that he was cared for, she communicated that. She put up that Caring Bridge website that could keep us updated, you know. Nomali held a prayer vigil. The Adida community held that three-day vigil in his home. And this conversation that you're hosting right now, where you're just really wanting to acknowledge someone who had such impact and participate, as you're saying, in, in, this, um, in this ritual, really, of, of honoring and his memory and affirming his legacy. This, this conversation is part of that as well. And I love the idea that it's going to be shared with other people in your community so that they can be part of this as well. So I, I'm really with you. I think it, you know, there, there are challenges in it, of course, you know, we, we love our autonomy. We're, we're deeply, you know, entrained in the States into the myth of autonomy and it, but it creates loneliness and separation and we don't quite know how to relax and really come together. I mean, both you and Terry had in common, your willingness to make a commitment to an enterprise of spiritual engagement, spiritual evolution, spiritual development, that's part of what's required for us to be able to come together as communities. We have to be willing to commit. And that means going through and learning from all the struggles and the challenges that come about. Um, it's really easy to, to kind of separate when we're displeased or disappointed or you know, offended, you might say. So if, if, it is, if it is really an important capacity for us, we've got to learn how to deal with the challenges of one another, not be quite so um, fussy in some ways. We have to be more willing to engage the difficulty. At least in the States, I feel like there's just, it's too easy to now just go do your own thing because you're, something didn't meet your expectations. But somehow it feels also that the, that the culture is going starting to go beyond this, that we are, we are aware of the limitation of this and we don't know really how to do this. Yeah. In that sense, I think uh, this was also a lesson for us, how, how Terry did it. And so simply also because we come to the end of, uh, of, our, of our time here, um, one reason why I invited you is I'm grateful for Terry's life, period. And I want to share this because I, I, the way he did it, I'm grateful for. And that's a lot uh, uh, one a human being can give. And, and, and yeah, thank you, Terry, for that. Yeah, thank you so much, Terry. And I'm grateful to you and Elizabeth. I'm grateful for how connected you feel to him and how much the two of you commit to, the, to your spiritual depth in different, different forms and that it's not separate from, from your considerations of culture. So thank you to you too. And thank you to Elizabeth.
Okay. I wish, I mean, this just simply uh, that we are together in this and uh, I appreciate it very much uh, to have to have the chance to talk with you yeah, about Terry. Thank, thank you, Diane. Thank you, Thomas. Thank you.